welcome to this week's Devil Detail podcast. I'm Rob Pax and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay, mate? How's your week been, mate? Very, very, very busy, as usual. I've got a day off today and then a 12-hour day to do tomorrow, so I'm just chilling just chilling out today, mate. So, uh, so yeah, all good, though, mate. All safe and good. Family's good and hope you and yours are as well, mate. Yeah, sun's out as well. Beautiful day. Uh, obviously, if you're in, uh, if you're in lockdown... Uh, nice time to enjoy the sun in your garden at itself at a social distance. Certainly is, mate. Yeah, certainly is. So at a social, I'm glad you said that. At a, at a safe distance, as they say. Cool. Also, join us on the show. We've got director Paul King uh, telling to, to, to talk to us about all things Salford Devils. Welcome to the show, Paul. Uh, hi, Rob. Hi, Paul. Uh, glad to be back, guys. Glad to be back. Cool. So, obviously, you were, you were on the, the show. Uh, a few weeks back, at uh, the beginning of, uh, of the, the, the kind of pandemic. Um, since then, uh, the RFL and the government have kind of agreed to a £60 million uh, sort of loan. Um, is, obviously, you, you said you were going to be kind of involved in that in that process with all the other clubs. Um, is, is obviously, it was good for the game, obviously, getting that kind of money. Uh, it, 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 uh, as a lot of people work very hard on it, Rob, I'll make that clear, but at the moment, I've got no vision of it, so... Um... Uh, we, we've got the promise of it, but I haven't seen a process yet, uh, and I certainly haven't seen any money. So, uh, and, I, and nor have I seen an interest rate. Um, so, uh, I'll, I'll hold that judgment. Uh, I, I acknowledge the hard work that's gone in by the RFL, mate. But until I've got the uh, until I've got visuals on 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 what the impact of it is, mate, I couldn't really comment much beyond that, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you kind of mentioned in, interest rate because last time you on, you said we had like a debt that could choke a donkey. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, the interest rates are important, aren't they, when it comes to, to sort of taking that extra debt on. Uh, are we at, kind of in a position to kind of do that with what we've got? Yeah, I, th- I think we're... Um, I've got... Um, I mentioned it the other day. We, we, we just... Um, we switched our accountants uh, a couple of months ago um, to uh, a company called Redstone's Al Advertising. Um, I think they're languidly-based, uh, Young Craig. So we've gone with... a a local accountancy provider who's probably, he joined us just before the pandemic kicked in. So he's, he's probably massively regretting that decision, I would think, because um, I'm battering him. Um, so, but I've, I've, I've got Craig chasing up on everything. There. There's a lot of different things going on from a government perspective in terms of loans, some of them interest-free um, in terms of grants. So we, we, we are, it's incumbent upon us to chase down every avenue of one of them in the position that we're in just to see what we can do to, to ease the burden, I guess. Yeah, I suppose it's important. Kind of all clubs are looking looking at that, aren't they, to, to sort of ease their financial worry? Yeah, game-wide, I would think, Rob. I mean, at the end of the day, um, I've said it a few times now, We, it's not easy being us, um, but we have only got 42 staff, including playing staff, at this present moment in time. Um, so, look, look a, a tenor to us is like a grand to St. Helens, I guess. But if you use them as an example, they've probably got about 300 staff. Um, so, so they've got to take account of that. They've got to, to make decisions based on 300 people. I've got to make them based on 42. So there is some comfort in that, I have to say. Uh, but at the same time, the challenges are every bit as bad. Uh, for, for their 300 staff, St. Helens have an income stream to go with it. We don't for our 42. So, um, so it's, it is challenging. Um, but I suppose my level of stress this week is probably less than Eamon's. Because obviously probably. you don't have as many people to worry about. Correct, yep. And are we still on sort of the furlough? Is everyone still furloughed? Yeah, with the exception of um, 
I, I, I don't count. Nobody cares about me. But with the exception of Emma on RDTV and Joey on um, media and social media, then, um, yeah, everybody else is full of it. Yeah, they're talking about RDTV and, and other sort of income income revenue streams. It's kind of important this at this time, isn't it, that the fans continue to, to, to back it and uh, sort of invest? Uh, more so than ever. And, and I know it's, it's really difficult. You've got to find a balance with that, Rob. Um, you know, <clears throat> you can't lose track of the fact that there's a pandemic going on, people have died, uh, people are losing their jobs. Uh, we, we already live in a deprived area. It, it's a tough gig. Um but at the same time, if, if you want to come out the back end of it and still have a rugby league club, um, then we need every possible answer mm-hmm. support that you can give, really. You know, there's the squad builder, there's the lottery. And I like to think we cover off quite a wide range there. So we've got the lottery, which is like a quid a week, I think it is. Uh, so we, we, we've got squad builder, which is, is, is up a notch or two. We've got the virtual ticketing thing that we've, we've put out in the last month or so. I quite like that. I quite like the fact that we can switch it. We can all switch on together and get a bit of a live feed from RDTV on a Friday or a Sunday afternoon and buy a virtual pint and a virtual pint and watch the game together, I guess. Um, even though I'm in my living room, it's, it's not quite the same, but it's still, there's some comfort in that. So I quite like the virtual games. Um, then we've got RDTV, which is um, doing well at the moment. Emma's working really hard on it. Sorry, it was a birthday yesterday. I do apologise for my other. I didn't realise until it was about nearly over, but... Um, yeah, so she's she's loading stuff on and, and, and trying to create content for RDTV, which is really, really difficult in, in a pandemic environment, but she's doing really well, as is Joey. Yeah, a lot, lot of people obviously asking, sort of sending questions sort of to ask you, um, sort of asking about season tickets uh, for this year and for next year. Have, have we got sort of a plan for that? No, not in a minute. We, we, we've got lots of different options. The truth is, Rob, we can't really plan particularly well for it until until we know what's happening with the game. So there's a, there's a fixtures committee who have got um, a number of different variables that they're working on as to when to relaunch. Will it be behind closed doors? Um, initially, I suspect it probably will. Um, do we then put on a... I think if it's behind closed doors, we've got an option to put live stream on it, um, at which point season ticket holders would get free access to that, that kind of thing. So there's lots of different imponderables, but the, the main thing is we don't know whether there's going to be a second spike. Um, we don't know... Uh, officially when we're going to get the nods to come back into training. When we do come back into training, there's a there's a whole process you've got to go through and, and the cost base at that point just goes through the roof, quite frankly. So that's another concern. Is there, is there, discussions, is there discussions about going back into to training? Are we, are we just waiting for the nods? No, yeah, yeah, I've been having that conversation this morning uh, with, with football. Um, so, I've, yeah, I've had a, a call with Pleaser this morning about that, just, you know, um, talking through... Uh, a little bit how we do it and all the easies. Um, we're doing what we can to prep for it uh, within the confines of the furlough, obviously, um, for some of the guys. Uh, but we're getting RFL advice via government advice coming through on, on quite a regular basis now. So it would appear that um, we got to do antigen tests a couple of times a week um, for the whole staff, which at 100 quid a pop, um, would a club of our size will probably write off 32 to 40k a month just doing antigen tests so that's um, we have we have a slight advantage due to the day job I guess I, I can get hold of, of, of body temperature testing cameras so what I'm trying to do is do is, is introduce body test body temperature test cameras to avoid the need to do antigens um, but I'm not sure we'll get that past the government so we, we just we just wait and see at the end of the day you can get a camera for Four or five k, um, is, that's and that's to buy it 
to 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 um to do antigens is going to run us to about thirty two or forty k a month, which is just it's unfeasible for the game. That quite frankly, that's half a million pound a year mm. for us. If you send Tellings, it's probably near a million Wigan because they've just got more staff to get through it. Mm. So that's just not feasible in the slightest. Does it? How does it affect us? That obviously AJ Bell Stadium is a kind of a, a testing sort of facility. Um, does that does that affect us going back? No, not massively. It's a drive through, isn't it? So it's 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 not a massive thing. I, I've had a few conversations with Ruth, uh, uh, the, the stadium manager at the AJ Bell. She's super keen to get us back. I think she, Ruth loves a bit of the game. She sits there and watches it from the uh, from the security box there. So she's super keen to see us back in action. I think, um, and it, it's um, we're keen to get back. It, it, they'll do everything. The relationship with Stadco is pretty good, to be fair. Uh, much maligned in the press, but not really. It's, the relationship's really good, so so they'll do everything they can to get us back in there, get us back up and running as quick as we possibly can. Yeah, obviously the the RFL have kind of postponed Magic Weekend and and the Challenge Cup as well. Um, obviously, it's a big financial uh, thing for for everybody, the, the clubs and and the RFL. Uh, can can you see it coming back sort of later on in the season? Which one? Both. I, I guess that's why you've got that that buffer, that sixty million pound loan hovering around in the background, isn't it? Just in case, I think, um, amongst other things, because because the, the Challenge Cup is certainly a massive thing for the RFL as a governing body. Um, that, that underpins them quite a fair bit, I would think. So, uh, I would think that the Challenge Cup will be a priority, and I would be very very surprised if that didn't go ahead. Uh, very surprised. Um, Magic Weekend depends on, on on how you can cram the fixtures in, and don't forget you, you've got to. You've got to book a stadium. You've got to get um, magic sorted out. Uh, and if you're going to play it behind closed doors, you might as well play at the AJ Bell. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, it, it depends how you're going to do it. Um, so, and there's just so many different imponderables attached to it, um, and we don't we don't know what we don't know. It's it's, it's dead simple. What, when 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 are people going to be allowed through the turnstiles to watch it? You know, if, when you can answer that one, Rob, I'll answer that question. Mate. It's, it's a, it is a big question. That obviously people talk about second spikes, and you know, mm. uh, you know, we, we don't know how what you know how the R rate is going to go. With, with obviously the season sort of being sort of delayed at the moment, it's going to if it does start, it'll end later in the year as well. When you're talking about flu season and, and it getting cold again in November and December, that that'll obviously in the back of your mind that you know it's only going to be a short period of time to get everything done. Yeah, and look, I, I've seen dozens of proposals now that this fixtures community absolutely put put, put a shift in. They really do. Um, seen doubles of dozens of proposals from um, season ends end of November, season ends January. Um, you, you just got to be conscious of, of um, 2021. When does 2021 start? If 2020 ends in January, you know, and it's. Things like that, and, and, and you start to then factor in, you take the loop fixtures out and just do 22 games, but everything's budgeted across 29, you know, people's pay packets are budgeted on 29, the, 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 the budget for, for clubs are based on 29 fixtures, 14 home fixtures, all that kind of thing. So that's got to be taken into account as well. You, you have a, a judicial responsibility, is the words I would use, um, big words, for as a director to ensure that... Um, you are returning what you say you're going to return. And for us as a club, we, we are not a for-profit organisation. We're not. We don't make money. Um, just the opposite, exactly, in truth. But um, there's, a, there's a difference between um, win or lose five or ten grand and, and win or lose 500 grand because there's nobody to fill that gap. 
And yeah, so, so we've we, we got to be super keen on that. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, you got anything? Any questions for for Paul? No, I'm just listening with interest there about what you were both saying about like time scales and things like that. For me, it's it's, it's up in the area, I suppose, isn't it? Like, you've got to take each day as it comes. That's how I take life at the moment. I suppose that's how, how Paul does as well. We don't really know, do we? We've just got to take government advice. And the million-dollar question is when we'll be allowed to play again, when we'll support be allowed to come back. I don't, I don't suppose anybody knows at the moment, do they? So it, is a, it literally changes every day, doesn't it? So... Um, so it must be it must be difficult, and and the, like Paul had mentioned about the, the people who do the fixtures, it's that must be mind boggling because how do you fit all those games in? A, I mean, for the Magic Weekend for me, I, I think the Challenge Cup's a priority over the Magic Weekend. I think the Magic Weekend's a bit of a gimmick. Challenge yeah, Cup, Challenge Cup's got to take place if if it can, and, and for me, if you couldn't do do the Super League, like I said to you on the podcast a few weeks ago, perhaps we could freeze this, the Super League season and carry that on next year and just play the Challenge Cup and perhaps another tournament or something. But I think the Challenge Cup is the, the flagship of rugby league, so I'd take that over the Magic Weekend any, any day of the week. But I wouldn't like to be on that, that fixture committee. That must be, must be a job because it's the same with football, the logistics of everything. Now it it really is mind-blowing how, how they're going to fit things in and that. So, um, so yeah, it's, it must be very stressful. And that's the thing, Paul. I've had a bit of I've had a bit of insight. So not not in terms of fixtures, but I'm, I'm literally every day is you're dealing with those logistics. So I speak to Craig, the accountant, literally every day. We, we we're working through different models, different um, potential outcomes, um, and it's just about the survival of the club, really. In truth, but you so, so, so when does furlough end? And when you come out of furlough, when you when you when does furlough end? When you come out of furlough in a train, as soon as you start training, you're out of furlough. You got to start paying full whack wages without um, without any income. So what does that do to wage rates? If you've got to start talking, you know, and everybody's it's, it's out there now about pay cuts and all that kind of stuff. It's really hard. And then you've got to start having those conversations with people. It's um, the last two months have been um, stressful. I think it's my old word, say the least. Say the least. Yeah, it's, like still here. About, it's like you said there about survival. I think the club surviving, and not just us. I think particularly clubs in League One and clubs in the Championship who are probably not as fortunate as, as us, they've got a battle on hands as well. And that's why I was surprised this week when uh, when Warrington announced the signing Greg Inglis. It just seems like it's raised decision that. But no, for me, is is survival now, and you know, let's let's all do our bit to keep to keep our wonderful club going. Yeah, talking I, about sorry, talking sorry about. about yeah, talking about sort of pay cuts and 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 sort of uh, salary caps and and things like that. Where, where do you stand on that? Obviously, the clubs are look at, uh, sort of looking at reducing the, the cap as a whole. Uh, where do we? And obviously, we we don't sort of pay the maximum cap. Um, where, where do we stand on that? Reducing it? Are we far or not? Or have we not decided yet? <laughs> so there's the, the, there's see both sides of the argument. So so the one side of the argument is is that um, if you reduce it to one point eight. It draws everybody closer to us, or does it? Officially, it draws everybody closer to us. It's just mm. what else is going on? I don't know. I'm not making any suggestions there, but there's all kinds of different ways, marquee players, etc. And um, if, for instance, Warrington's already signed up to 2.1 mil for the next two years, then they'll stay at 2.1. There's no penalty for them now if they change the rule at this point. Right. So they still be on 2.1 anyway. Um, but primarily, it could drag people down to say, drag people down to our level. That sounds bad, doesn't it? We've got to a grand final on one point seven. Mm. So, 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 part of me understands why people might want to reduce it so you can keep it as a as a, as a more level playing field. 
part of me um, thinks um, 2.1 is the maximum salary cap or maximum, get the term like it's the maximum sustainability cap, um, 2.1. And, and um, you don't have to go to the max there. You can spend whatever you want. If you want to go 1.5, go 1.5. You know, it's, that's, that's, that's up to you as a club. So, and, and, and there is an element of me. Um, and I've got a board meeting tomorrow, so we are, it's, 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 we have a discuss at the board meeting tomorrow, to be fair. Uh, but personally, I'm kind of looking at that and thinking, um, we have spent the last two and a half years about 1.7. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. No. So now all of a sudden there's a couple of, shall we say, larger clubs who might have had refurbishments around the stadiums and that kind of thing going on that suddenly don't want to spend 2.1. So they want everybody to come down to 1.8 with them. And when they've cleared the debt off in two or three years, they're all busting and, and start talking about trying to go up to 2.3. And there's a significant part of me thinks, well, you didn't really care too much about us in the last two and a half years, did you? So, so why, why should we support that? So that's, But that's just me being a bit bitter, I guess. Um, I'll just reiterate, it's a max cap of 2.1. We made a grand final on 1.7, so it can be done. I think we talk about Watto, Paul. Um, I don't can you imagine what damage Watto could do with the full cap because um, he kills it. He kills it with the cap last season, doesn't he? So um, yeah, I think it'd be great. If we yeah, could be on that. I don't think we need it, do we? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, had a conversation uh, earlier on with, as, as often happens, um, the, the football guys talk about the football, and then they come to me. Um, when they're talking about budget related to football, um, you know, th- th- there's going to be some fallout from the NRL. There's going to be some players available over the next few months, I think. Uh, and we, we've talked about a couple of them this morning. And it's kind of like, um, oh, mate, some of them are on like three, four hundred grand. I'd love to, I'd love to, I'd love us to get a marquee. I'd love us to get a marquee. So, well, I guess, I guess what I'd like to say in response to that, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think that we go 2.1, we smash it. We smash it. We got the coach is that in my eyes, um, and I, I just think, and he's an ambitious guy. He's an ambitious guy. I, I, I want, I would love uh, the rugby club, uh, the people of Salford, the businesses of Salford, and the city of Salford to be able to get us into a position where we can go two point one and just give him a shot at that for a couple of years, see what happens. Yeah. If we win something, if we get a Wembley, if we can can repeat Old Trafford a couple of times. We all know it. We all sense it that suddenly we'll start going up through five, six thousand. That's what happens. You know, Wigan haven't always had 14,000. I remember we were getting relegated on 2,000 crowds at Central Park. I'm old enough. So, you know, you build on success. It's just that we haven't had any for 40 years primarily. So it's all elite level stuff, you know. So if, if we could give this coach that kind of spend in the right areas, and he knows exactly what he's doing, he's, he's the most informed um, coach. That, and I think most journals would agree with this in terms of he, he can tell you. Um, chapter and verse on players from all over the globe. He's just got it in his head. Um, don't know how he does it, quite frankly. He's always at it. Um, he's a genius. Yeah, he, he just knows. He just knows and he spots things and he talks about little details about hip positions and feet positions and all that kind of stuff that I'll never understand, quite frankly. Um, but he's, but he's, and he's locked into it. So if, if we were to turn around and say, go get yourself a marquee player, mate, you've got 300 grand to go and find someone. Wow. Um, changes the world for us. But don't do it on a prop. Don't expand on a prop. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about sort of budgets and, and sort of, uh, you know, lots of on the money side of it, um, Sky have, have kind of said that they're going to continue to give you the sort of the Sky money um, for, for now on. Um, Talking about the Sky 
uh, deal in, in sort of 2021 and onwards, is, is there kind of a temperature sort of gauge and how that's going? You know, are we going to get more or less or do you not know? I don't know. The, the negotiation, there was negotiations that kind of gone on hold in truth. Um, they, they've gone on hold because obviously Sky's um, content hungry. They've not got a lot going on at the minute. They've got um, their own business to deal with, quite frankly. Um, so we, we, we have, um, you know, I think the relationship with Sky is really good. Uh, and I think they're good for the sport. I think they underpin the sport massively, and we should acknowledge that. And you know, let's let's be honest. If we come back behind closed doors, that's why we're coming back behind closed doors because we, we we try to get content out there for Sky. Uh, it's as simple as that. So, um, wouldn't surprise me at all if we come back behind closed doors with a series of mini magics. You know, one stadium, St Helens, Huddersfield, the Leeds, or whatever, AJ Bell, whatever. Six games over one weekend, and, and, and boom out there on Sky. Wouldn't surprise me at all if we did that. It's been talked about potentially. Um, but yeah, we, we we have to acknowledge the part that Sky play in the game and, and work with our um, our largest partner to, to to make sure that that uh, we all benefit from it. Um, and people are missing it, aren't they? You're missing the sport. I'm, I'm I find myself watching old videos and all kinds of stuff going on at the minute. Um, and South Korean football matches don't do it for me, to be honest. So, so it's um, reds versus greens and blues, and I, I can't be doing with it. So I, I need my rugby league back on telly proper. Live rugby league will be great. Yeah, obviously, you know, talk, talking about uh, other things as well, uh, that, that, you know, the people that kind of help, the Supporters Trust, uh, they help sort of fund the, the, the reserve team and, and they um, raised £13,000 so far. Um, it's kind of another important uh, sort of revenue stream for the club. It's important that us fans sort of, sort of back the trust and sort of get involved in, in donating merchandise and, and buying it as well. Yeah, I think it's really important. I think the relationship with the Supporters Trust is, is, is really good. There's some really good, hard-working people on the Supporters Trust board um, and has been for a while. You, you just what, what's in the best interest of the club, really. Um, they agreed a while ago to, to, to direct the fundraising activities towards the, the, the reserve grade, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, and, and look, Supporters Trust membership for starters, it's a tenner, you know, Jump in, jump in, you know, it's, and, and I get it, it's, it's hard at the moment, it's really tough. Um, but if you've got if you've got a spare tenner, go and join as a member of Supporters Trust, it's great. And when we all get back together, they have some really good dues as well, by the way. That's to be said. They do, they do some, some, some good Q&As and all that kind of stuff, I've been to a few of them, uh, and tattoo themselves around the pubs of Salford. So it's, it's worth getting involved uh, with Supporters Trust, I think, even if it's only at membership level. Yeah, as, as a member, Paul, it's fantastic that all fans can get together. It's real community feel when, when everyone gets together. Yeah, it certainly is, and I'll just plug them now, you know, the, the fundraising that they're doing. I mean, I know uh, James Askerson is a bit like Del Boy at the moment. The amount of stuff he puts on Facebook, he's wheeling and dealing and, and selling shirts and programmes and all sorts of stuff. So if you have got something, you know, that you want to donate to the trust or, you know, an old shirt or a programme or something, get in touch with him because he's selling all sorts of stuff at the moment and you know, and, and Shirley and all the other people there who are helping out on the on the trust. I think they're doing a great job. They really are. And I've bought a few bits and pieces off them. I've got in trouble a few times off him. This is another box of programmes arrived last week. That I'm sifting through at the moment. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's great. And, um, yeah, you know, if, like Paul said, if you, even if you just join and be a, and be a member, every everything helps, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, let's go on to the other big news, uh, Paul. Uh, last week, uh, Nia Levels uh, sort of confirmed, well, confirmed that he was leaving. Uh, the club, um, obviously, that that's disappointing on, on many levels, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah, it is. You know, look, look, we made, we made Nile a, a good offer. Um, January, February, I think, uh, a pretty big offer. Uh, uh, you yeah. know, we were just flagged up by Nile and his representative. Um, I think they asked for it. Then they asked for time to consider it. And the coronavirus happened, you know. So, so um, it was a good offer. They, they came back in, things went on about burn a little bit, I guess, for everybody. Come back in March-ish, March-April. Um, uh, and, and, you know, the offer's still a great offer. Um, it's an increase. There's a testimonial, wraps, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, Nile's been with us 10 years. And sometimes, I've done it myself. I've done it myself in my own career. Sometimes you just get itchy feet. You just get itchy feet. You just want to see what's, if the grass is greener on the other side. You know, and he's... He's a, he's a good guy, lovely lad, very quiet, very quiet, quite a shy guy. Um, like him a lot um, and wish him all the best, really do. Wish him all the best. Um, I just think um, we had to put a statement out, uh, as I alluded to earlier on, um, 12 months ago. We had Jacko, JJ, um, Georgie Griffin. We had 12, didn't we? We were kind of up for grabs and, and it seemed as though there was an announcement every third day that someone else had signed, you know, Darrell went, all that kind of stuff. And we did, we, we lost season tickets on the back of it, we come under some sponsorship pressure on the back of it, you know, when it doesn't help you when you try to shift match ball sponsorships and match day sponsorships, when you've got a spare box capacity, you try to push out, when people think that you're going to fall apart. And we didn't, but there was no way I was taking that risk this year. So, so we, we, we want to do the right thing. So um, we put a statement out, which was designed, basically designed at telling the fans, listen, it's not like last year. This isn't about us not being able to defend ourselves. We've made a really good offer to Nile. He's just, he's reached that stage in his life where he wants to move on, I guess. Um, and that's fine. Um, it happens. It's sport. We move on. Um, stick by us, really, is, is as much as, as, as it was about as anything, really, I guess. Um, so that's what that was all about. You know, and, and we're negotiating. And it isn't like last season. You know, I've, I've seen it on Twitter a few times in the last couple of weeks. You know, it's all doom and gloom. We've got 12 more going. We need to find 12 more people. We don't. We don't. We'll be announcing some sooner rather than later, I guess, in the next week or two um, that are re-signings. What we won't do is we won't announce signings from other clubs because we kind of, we like to think we're a bit classier than that. So we're trying really hard not to do that. But all that's going on as well. So we'll be we, good. Uh, and we will announce some re-signings. Who knows? Soon. Done. Soon is good. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, on, obviously, on, on Facebook and Twitter asked, asked the question. Obviously, like you said, Niall wasn't the first one who's gone. Um, but obviously, this is different because we've had we offered him, a, you know, a big a big deal, which he, which he kind of turned down. Um, how how do we kind of break the cycle in people's minds that? That you know that our best players end up going. Uh, I don't. I don't know. How you do, Robbie. From being honest, well, look, we'll, we'll announce some sooner rather than later, I guess, which which will underpin the fact that they don't have to go. Hmm. Um, so, so the, the, there'll be some retentions announced, our extent contract extensions announced um, at some point sooner rather than later, I guess. Um, which hopefully kind of sets it in people's minds that it is a little bit different now, um, that we're in a slightly different space. We are still financially challenged, please don't get me wrong. So, you know, if, if we can't compete toe-to-toe with some of the clubs, some of the other clubs, so we've got to be a bit smarter. Uh, make no bones about it, we've been really smart because we signed Wattle back up again. Mm. 75% of the people at that club are at that club because of Wattle. Make no bones about that. They know what he brings to the party uh, and they know that they've got a really good chance of a improving as a player, uh, B being given that opportunity to, to 
uh, right some wrongs, I guess, for for some of them, uh, and see more important, most important of all, because they're all ultra ultra competitive. Uh, they all win something, and they genuinely believe they can win something with us, and, and so do I. And obviously, we are an opportunity club, so obviously, Niall kind of sort of uh, departing gives an opportunity for someone in the club or someone outside the club uh, to 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 play Super League and, and go to the next level. Yeah, listen, mate, Niall's a great player and he's very difficult to replace. Um, but so was Jacko, so was Josh Jones. So, you know what I mean? But way back in 1975, I was broken out when Paul Charlton went back to working to make trust me, but we got over it. It, 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 it's, um, it happens, you know, <coughs> there, are, there are a lot of fullbacks available in the market right now. Um, and, and, you know, football will, will be sifting through them, having conversations with people. Uh, and, and as long as we are sensible in terms of the budget, um, we'll get the right guy. Or the right guy might already be in. Who knows? Got any, any questions, Paul, about the Edel situation? Yeah. yeah, I'll just jump in there, Rob, if you don't mind. Um, like Paul said there, I just echo what he said. I think Niall is, is, has been the ultimate professional for Salford and we've interviewed him many times for, for the podcast and let me tell you, I just echo what Paul says, he's a lovely lad, very grounded lad. I've spoke to his dad on numerous occasions. He lives the life. He, doesn't, he keeps himself to himself, really quiet lad. And I think he's every coach's dream. You've only got to ask what about him and he, he can't sing his praises highly enough. So I, I was upset when... when I found out he was leaving. I wasn't upset at Niall. I was upset because we were losing a player. I can totally understand Niall moving on because I think sometimes as supporters, we forget that, that players players play rugby league. It's a short career and Niall doesn't necessarily support Salford. He plays for Salford. He works for Salford. And it's, it's a different relationship that we have you know, as players and supporters. And I think there's a fine line there sometimes. I mean, I know he'll be attached to Salford because he's been there for so long, but... He can't be good players moving on and, and things like that. It's happened since time began. And, you know, if I got upset over every player that ever left the club, you know, I've seen players leave and, you know, I've been really upset over the years that players moving on. But someone else comes in and someone else fills the gap, don't they? Look at Wigan last season taking Jacko off us and come back to Salford and, and we, we toppled them, didn't we? We beat them. So that's rugby league and that's how, how the sport goes. So, uh, so I didn't get quite a bit of the bitterness that I saw towards Niall. I mean, you won't get that from me anyway. And I'm sure you'll be the same, Rob, if we, if we get to speak to him again. I think, you know, he's been, he's been wonderful for, for us. I, I kind of want to, I want to pick up on that a little bit, if I can, Rob, just to jump in on Paul there as well. He's, he's, I, I picked up on that, on, I think it was a statement from Niall himself, that he'd, he'd, had, he'd had a bit of abuse on, on Twitter. Uh, honestly, if, if anybody wants to screenshot that to me, then we'll do something about that, because that's bang out of order. The kids give 10 years of his life to us. Um, He's a good lad, he's a good player. You know, there was no intention of throwing him under the bus or anything like that. It happens, people move on. You know, I remember, what is it, 12 months ago-ish, the world was ending because Rob Lou was going to Leeds. Uh, we brought this, this this young lad in called Lowell Lee who did all right. I thought he was okay, you know. He he's, seems to perform okay at Old Trafford and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's never, it's never the end of the world. Now we'll get on with his career and Salford Red Devils will continue without him now that's that's just the way that it is that's the way it is well without him in 2021 he's still our player at the minute yeah but obviously I think we're an opportunity club and if, if Niall thinks he's, he's run his race with us then that, that's Niall's decision in it end of the day we've got to kind of move forward as, as a club and like you said we, we get bigger and better every time uh, and that's and that's a positive thing he's been driving over the Pennines for 10 years Rob I'd be sick of that driver as well yeah. to be honest <laughs> good luck to him any any other questions for us, Paul? 
No, no. I'm just glad we, we gave Maya that, that little tribute because I saw one or two comments. I, I don't really do Twitter that much, but I did see a few things where people saying, oh, we, we shouldn't, Watto shouldn't play him again and that should be it. He should be in the reserves, blah, blah, blah. But the way I'd like to, to remember my levels is I'd like to see him play for Salford again. I'd like to see him score a hat-trick against Leeds and I think that's how I'd like to remember my levels. So I hope he does get that opportunity to you know say farewell to the supporters and go out in a, in a blaze of glory. So I, I hope he gets that chance. You know, We're a bit unsure with the coronavirus and how things are going to end, but I'm pretty sure we'll see Niall, hopefully, in a Salford shirt again and you know, race through and score, score a magnificent try for us as well. But I, I, I can understand people being frustrated and saying they don't think you should wear the shirt again and it's an opportunity for someone in the squad to, to have a run out and see how they do and all that. I get all that. I don't class that as abuse. That's just people having an opinion. I'm, I'm okay with that. It's if they get personally abusive towards Niall or his family, I think that's bang out of order and really, really unnecessary. Um, and, and ridiculous, quite frankly, once you're in, in charge of the, the circumstances. It's just ridiculous. People make career moves. It's That's life. You get on with it. But yeah, my, my, my lasting memory of now, I think, I hope, will be his hat-trick that he's about to score at Wembley in a few months' time. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's the bit that I want to see. When we, when against we, Leeds. When we get, yeah, against anybody, quite frankly. Barrow, if you want, I'm not bothered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably all be watching it on the, on, the, uh, on, the, on the Red Devils TV. Well, hopefully we're all in the stadium by that stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so big thanks to join us on, on this week's uh, podcast, Paul. It's been, been, been a great chat. As always, guys, absolute pleasure. Take care, Paul. All the best. Cheers, guys. So, that was me and Paul talking to director Paul King uh, about what's going on with the corona uh, crisis at Sulphur Red Devils and uh, what a fantastic interview it was, Paul. Yeah, it was good, Rob. It was good to speak to, uh, to Paul King and <clears throat> just get his take on, on things, what's happening at the moment and... Um, yeah, he, he's a credit to the club. He's always really good to talk to. He's always very honest and um, very down-to-earth guy as well and very passionate about the club. So, so yeah, I thought he made some really good points and uh, I enjoyed the interview, Rob. Yeah, he's, uh, it seems like, like I say, he's got a total control of everything's going and that's a, a great thing uh, for, for everyone. It's that control that he's got. There's no panic. Um, you know, he's him and his backroom staff, Ian Blease, uh, Ian Watson. Everyone's going in the same direction. It's uh, it's certainly a great thing. Yeah, he certainly is. And there's, you know, despite the the coronavirus and the, and the sort of crisis that the world's in at the moment, I mean, I'm, I'm not, comparing you know a rugby league club to that but our club does seem to run a lot better these days it's a lot more stable it seems I mean Paul King probably won't tell you that Paul would probably say it's an absolute nightmare with the finances and things like that but I think you know what I mean don't you it's people seem to have a smile on the face now at the club and I think Paul and, and Bleasy and, and everybody there at the, at the club has you know, I've done a really good job over the last couple of years and the way things have run and Watto as well and his, his backroom team. I think everybody pulls together, everybody works really hard. So, as we said, we talked about the supporters' trust as well, the, the job that they've done and all the guys involved with that. So, yeah, I've got nothing but good things to say to everybody at the club. We really have a thing to do a marvellous job. Yeah, obviously, Paul, we, we were listening to that uh, and things that stuck out for me uh, was obviously the, the £60 million loan uh, from the government, from the government given to the uh, sort of the the RFL, uh, Paul said he, he's not sort of seen any any kind of like solid, uh, you know, things about that at the moment, which is a bit of a worry, obviously, because we we hope that you know things do come to fruition for everyone in the, in in rugby league, because uh, all clubs need that uh, bit of financial backing in this uh, in this pandemic. 
don't know. You, you, I, I don't trust the Tories. I never have done. So uh, <laughs> we'll have to just wait and see what the, what the what the government come up with, won't we? So, but I know where Paul's coming from. There's there's a lot going on at the moment, isn't there, Rob? As we say, things change daily, don't they, with the government and things like that. And perhaps rugby league and rugby league clubs are not on the government's priority list. I'm not too sure, but we've just got to wait and see it and and, and watch that unfold. I think there's a lot of doors and. A lot of things that are going to open over the next few months, aren't they? And things are going to change, and things are going to be announced, and that. And it's just a waiting game, really. I think, isn't it, just to see what happens. But like I said to, to you on, on the interview, I just hope that the, the, the clubs survive, not just our club, but other clubs as well. You know, clubs that have not got as much money as we've got. You know, Championship clubs and League One clubs. I just hope everybody pulls together, and you know, rugby league as a sport and as, as a game gets through this. You know, this this sort of really tricky period in everybody's lives. Yeah, and he also talks about the the fixture committee uh, kind of working hard. Um, it, it, it's a, like you said, it's a nightmare uh, job having to try to fit fit twenty four, twenty eight, and twenty two sort of games into into this short period of time, especially with the uh, you know the way people are talking about second spikes and the R rate. You know, I think if, you know we, we've seen on the on the on Twitter and that about different proposals that you know the mulling over uh, the RFL. You know. August is a long time off in, in in my eyes, and we don't know where we'll be uh, even you know next week, next month, do we? No, not at all. It's it's like a walk into the unknown, really. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what's happening. I suppose the the government guideline that they'll they'll be guiding people, won't they? I mean, it's like my company. I work for for British Gas, as you know, and the, the way we're working at the moment, the, the the top people are in charge of the company. You know, the the real money people are, are in talks with uh, the government all the time. And we get sort of stuff drip fed down to us every day about what what the government have said and what jobs we can do now and this that and the other. So I suppose it's it's very similar in all walks of life, and you're taking government advice and, and and things like that. And and you can't rush things, can you? Because at the end of the day, it is only sport, and you know a lot an awful lot of people have died from this, haven't they? And it's it's I've, I've, we've never known anything like this in our lifetime, have we? So you know if we've got you've got to put sport on hold and. You know, people's lives will get back to normal, I'm sure, but we we don't quite know when, do we? So it's just a, a waiting game at the moment, I suppose. And, you know, whatever happens this season, happens, we, we might not get a full season. We might do. We might have to play so many games in a week. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be interesting. And let's let's just hope we, we get through it with as, with as little disruption and, you know, people, families and things like that suffering as we can. Yeah, it just sounds like such an expensive job just to get get us on the field with these antigen tests that that Paul talked about. You know, forty thousand pound a month. It's half a million a year, like he said, and it's it's a lot of money for 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 everyone. You know, especially our club, and you know, it's so important, like us fans and and the people and the businesses of Salford continue to back uh, the club at this time uh, because obviously, you know, they need us to keep you know putting the juice into as best they can, best we can, really. Yeah, that's right, and and you've also got to think the other side of the coin as well. People haven't got loads of money at the moment. Some people are struggling, and um, a lot of the lads at our work have been doing. Uh, I say lads, as some women as well. Should say guys, really. Um, a lot of the people who've been on furlough have been doing like food banks and things like that. You know, for people who've not got money and people who've lost their jobs and things like that. So, yeah, I understand you've got to keep a rugby league team going, but you've also got to keep yourself going, haven't you? And look after yourself as well. So it's a difficult time for for everybody. So, um, so yeah, I, ju- I just hope we, we can sort of see some light at the end of the tunnel soon because it has been quite. No, it's been a difficult time for people, hasn't it? And um, 
you know, people losing jobs and being on furlough and things like that. So it's difficult to sort of give spare cash to, to, to a rugby league club. But no, it's it's been a really difficult time and I just hope people can get through it and uh, I'm sure we'll all be okay. Yeah, he also heaped play, praise on, on supporters trust as well for what they do and uh, how they support the club uh, financially as well. And it's so important, obviously, us fans join the trust uh, to, to, you know, to become one and, and help the club as much as we can. Yeah, it certainly is. And like Paul said, um, if you're not doing all the fundraising and, and, and things like that, just 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 join. Just join up the supporters trust, just do the bare minimum and join, pay your tenor and, and, and just be involved in it that way. And, uh, you know, there's all sorts of stuff going on. Most, I mean, most people now have social media, don't they? And, you know, if you listen to the podcast now, you, most people who listen to that are, are uh, social media savvy, aren't they? Well, get yourself on there and, and go on some of the, the, the Facebook accounts and have a look what's going on because there's all sorts of bits and bobs going on. I know we're talking about money being tight, but people, people are flogging things on there. And there's some interesting stuff uh, going along, is it? I mean, if you can't get out to the shops to buy, you know, Father's Day stuff and birthday stuff and all that, there's plenty of Salford memorabilia and things on there you can invest in and that all goes towards uh, looking after the supporters' trust as well. So, uh, so yeah, there's an awful lot of good things going on from um, everybody in the community, isn't there? And uh, and it's that, that, that's how things are now, aren't they, Rob? It's a, it's a community-based club and, uh, you know, this is just another another hurdle for us to get over, although it's, a, it's an almighty big hurdle, isn't it? It is, it is, Paul, and you know we 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 talk. Obviously, he, he did touch on on Nile, the Nile levels uh, situation. Uh, he was full of praise uh, for, for him. He, you know, he, he said, uh, you know, he's, he's a nice, he's such a nice guy, and he's travelled over over the Pennines for the last ten years and given ten years of his life to to play uh, for, for for us. And um, he, yeah, he, he he was disappointed uh, with, with it, but he, he I think it was good that he came out and he he, he said that uh, what happened. It, it wasn't like sort of last year. Um, the club is in a, a, a better place uh, financially, still financially challenged, um, but what happened isn't isn't the same as last year, and we're and we're stronger uh, this time round. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I I don't like the statement when people say, "Oh, Nile levels is going solve a can't hold hold on to the best players." We've held on to Nile for almost ten years, so. I think that's a bit of a rubbish statement. And, and yeah, and I just, I mean, we said it on the interview there with Paul, didn't we? You can't speak highly enough of Niall. He's an absolute credit to the club. Really lovely guy. And if he wants to move on and, and, and chance his arm somewhere else and, and have a fresh challenge, well, that's up to him. You can't you can't blame him for, 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 for being like that. That'll always go on in sport. Players will move on. That is sport. And I'll just repeat what I said before. Players aren't supporters. They're not... They're not as emotionally attached, I think, as us are. They're not in it for, for life like we are. It's their job. And, of course, they're going to have loyalty to us. They've been there a long time. But, you know, Niall, we don't know what goes on in, in players' private lives. Do we? Like, like you said, Niall is a Yorkshire lad. He lives over that neck of the woods. You know, him and his, his, his partner, his girlfriend or whatever might have plans. That you don't know what they talk about. They might say, well, it might be easier if you play for this club and you, you travel and all that sort of thing. So we don't know what goes on, do we? So I don't think you can have a go at him and... And sort of, um, you know, say say this, that, and the other about him because he's been he's been great for us. He's been a, he never took a backward step. He's always been been there, and he's one of our most consistent players. For me, he's one of the best players at the club. So that's why we're disappointed that he's going. But I wouldn't sort of hold anything against him. I, I really wouldn't. I think the thing that was a bit sour for the supporters was the way it was handled. It looked like he was signing new contracts, and then agents get involved. And I'm not going to go into that, but. 
that's what left a bit of a bad taste, I think. But as far as I'm concerned, he goes with my blessing. Yeah, been a great player for us. Uh, no blood, no bad blood here. You know, we're Not going to move forward. <laughs> but yeah, massive thanks for for parking uh, for coming on again, Paul. It was a, a great chat. Uh, let's see what the uh, the big news is of the week. So the big news of the week, Paul, two players re-signed. Uh, Captain Lee Mossop, a two-year deal. Um, fantastic leader uh, of our pack and good to be uh, in a red shirt in two years. Or far two years. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. He's, a, like, he's a cornerstone of the pack, isn't he? The, the, the captain as well. And terrific season last year. And um, you need players like that in your team, don't you? You know, you need to, to, to build it. He's probably one of the elder statesmen on the side now, isn't he, Lee? I'm not too, too sure how old he is, but I bet he's one of the, the senior players at the club. And, uh, you know, we've got to build our team around uh, guys like that in the pack. So, um, so yeah, delighted to see that, that Lee's staying because he's a quality player. I know he's had problems with injuries and, and things like that. And he has uh, his own sort of training regime sometimes, doesn't it, where he comes out and forms upon the pitch on his own. But, no, he's a good guy and, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we're lucky to have him at the club. I think what it is, obviously, with what happened with Niall, I think it was important the club came out uh, with some good news, obviously, with, with Lee Mossop and Luke Yakes signing up uh, for two years. We, we needed that, something positive, didn't we, to uh, to get us back on the uh, back on the horse? Yeah, well, Luke, Luke Yakes has been a good signing. We, we saw last season he was, a, he was a quality player at London and, you know, real workhorse, real grafter, and I think he's shown up well for, for us. So, yeah. Um, you know, a good signing. So, um, so yeah, delighted that, that he's uh, took up the option. You know, to stay for for another twelve months. That, that really is another good signing. So, uh, so yeah, I think so, Rob. I think sometimes you you do need that positive. I know we keep harping on about the state of the world and what's going on, but that has got people down recently. Hasn't it? And then when you sort of your best player or one of your best players is decides he's leaving for next season, I think that was probably another sort of uh, downer for the supporters. Wasn't it? another another kick? to the supporters, you know, while we're, while we're down. So, um, you know, sometimes you need a bit of positive news, don't you, to give you a bit of a boost. And uh, I remember thinking last week, I mean, I'd right, Bobbin's week at work, and then my, my wife said to me, oh, by the way, there's some news on, on Twitter, Nile Levels is going. And I didn't even know, I'd not read it, and I thought, blimey, that's just that's just what I need after the, the day I'd had at work. So, uh, so, yeah, it's good that we've got some positive news, Rob, and hopefully we'll have some more coming through uh, soon as well. Yeah, obviously, you know, Club will be looking forward to to sort of next next season and and offering you know contracts with people to improve our, our our team and squad and you know obviously this season ain't over yet uh, we don't, obviously don't always going to start again um, but you know they'll be looking for next season to strengthen certainly yeah they certainly will yeah and um, you know nobody knows we've only played seven games I think this season haven't we so uh, we'll have to see uh, see what happens there but. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think the the club will be wanting to strengthen. You know, other sides are strengthening already. I mean, the big news this week was was Warrington signing uh, signing Greg Inglis. So uh, other sides are strengthening all the time, aren't they? And obviously, Cass are signing Nia Levels. They've got a decent decent little team as it is. So uh, so yeah, you've got to strengthen. You've got to keep up with those sides around you as well. And it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how this season pans out now and how many games we play and what happens. But you've always got to keep one step ahead and. Like Paul King was saying there in the interview, Watto's like that all the time. He's studying players, and he can tell you all sorts about players from all over the world, kind of this, you know, in this country in Australia, New Zealand. So he'll be looking at people now. I would have thought for for next season and beyond. 
I'm so glad we didn't sign Greg Inless. It just it doesn't it doesn't smell right for me. He's got he's on a, he'll be on a lot of money at Warrington, and I, I have always said Warrington on the slide, and it and it certainly sort of smells like that with him signing him. Um, it just reminds me a bit of like when they signed Andrew Johns. I think we mentioned it before with Paul and. There's no doubt that Greg Inglis has been a fantastic player, a fantastic athlete. Um, I'm, I've not watched a lot of him recently because he's been retired, hasn't he, for uh, is it two years now yeah. or eighteen months? So he's not played much. Um, it, it all depends what you get out of him. I mean, for a kickoff, you're probably going to sell a lot of shirts with his name on the back, and he's probably going to put bums on seats as well. I mean, wanting to get decent crowds anyway. So from a commercial point of view, um, you, you're probably going to get some sort of benefit out of him. Uh, from a rugby league point of view and a playing point of view, I'm not too sure. I mean, is he going to play a lot of games? Is he going to be a mad man? Is he is he past his best? You don't know, do you? I mean, I'd say Warrington's coach Steve Price is no mug, but who, who signed him? Who's, whose idea is it signed? We don't know. It's one of those. It'll be exciting. I think you know to see him at the AJ Bell. I think you know that's what we want to see. Don't we go to the match to, to see quality playing? It's like when Sonny Bill Williams came. Um, a few months ago with, with Toronto Wolfpack, it was exciting to see him, although he was a bit off the pace that day. It took him a while to, to settle in. It's great to see these guys, isn't it? But he's he's not my kind of sign. I don't think I would if I was the if I was Ian Watson, I don't think I would have wanted to sign him. But you know, it's that that's up to Warrington and you know, they've got you know, people bankrolling them with an awful lot of money and they don't seem to have the, the sort of the financial worries that we've got, do they? So uh, you know, that's up to them and, and good luck to them. Yep, so that's the end of the podcast, Paul. A great show. Uh, you know, great having Paul King on and uh, talking all things Salford. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, bro. I really enjoyed the podcast. Hopefully we can do one, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, uh, I'm always available and ready. So, uh, so yeah, great to talk to Paul, though. And uh, like you said, with the positive news this week of, of uh, Lee Mossop and, and Luke Yates, we've just got something to cling on to there. And hope all the listeners are keeping safe and uh, we'll hopefully see you all soon. Yeah, so big thanks to this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Ron Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.